Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're on episode 19, right? 19. All right, welcome back to the Handmade Podcast, episode 19. We're back again. Derek, what are you fidgeting with? Your Jeff's going to go crazy. Jeff, oh, let's play a game. Jeff, guess what this is. Oh, shoot. What is that? I think I know what it is. It's pretty easy, but Jeff can guess. Sounds like either a cigar cutter or a hole puncher. Very close. This is the thing for this. Oh. oh. So, so, Jeff, you got to guess. You got to guess, Jeff. Or something. We're not going to show what it is, but um, Jeff's got to guess. Maybe he, comment maybe, comment at Handmade Podcast on Instagram. Maybe he could win a spray paint shaker. Uh, maybe. Yeah, and I, whatever. He <laughs> ship it to him. Mm-hmm. He could test the hardness of it on his hardness. I keep my hands like this. All right, we already started. So I already finished up. eating a box of crackers, so there won't be any more food noise. So I'm good. How's everybody doing this week? It's been a, it's been a great productive week for everyone, I'm sure. I see Paul's got some exci- exciting stuff going on. If you've been watching him on Instagram, so Paul, why don't you tell everybody what you've been up to? I do. So I've been chugging away on the uh, Avid CNC plasma table, and I just today. Got the thing all powered up. I got a whole nother computer for it, a little computer stand from Uline, which is great. One day shipping. Um, and then I put the whole thing together. I got it wired up. I got my plasma unit. Um, and I was able to, I downloaded Mark IV, um, which is, I've been hearing Derek talk about Mark III and Vetric and all these different programs for months now. And now I'm finally you know, starting to download all these things, but I got it moving with the arrow keys. That's about as far as I've gotten so far. I can <laughs> That's move all around. you need. That's actually yeah. all a plasma CNC just, is. You just really turn is. it on and you have to drive it like an Etch-a-Sketch. Yeah. Oh yeah. shit, I went too far. <laughs> well, Derek was telling me that some people use Xbox controllers. They hook them up just to move it around, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. For the jog. Yeah, yeah, just to move it, get into place, which is nice. Your yeah. machine probably needs to, like, uh, my machine needs to date them every time I want to use it. So every time I turn it on, it has to date them, which brings it all the way to the X, Y, zero, which is all the way in the front left corner. Uh-huh. But your cut is always in the field somewhere. So like the most I ever move mine is it goes from datum. And then I, I'm like, I got to get it back as fast as I can. So I always run my feed rate. But you, you'll your table's five by 10. You're going to be driving that thing all around because you're not going to want to be moving plate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, that's what I told him. I said that, you know, Jay Bates had a good video on it. And he, um, you know, I thought it was kind of petty at first when he was talking about it. He was talking about like the speeds of, um, you know, zero and everything out and having it doing multiple like um, functions at one time. And, you know, after you get one, though, and you get a big machine, it's like, oh, man, this takes a while to go. So <laughs> that's what I was saying to Paul. It's like once you learn the basics of Mach 3, well, he has Mach 4. I have Mach 3. It's only one more Mach. I don't know for the difference of it. But no, Mach makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> if, if you're in a jet, it does. It makes a yeah. big difference. But, you're getting um, there today or you're getting there tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. But, it, um, you know, once you get the basics and you know where to look for certain things, it's, you know, you can kind of figure a lot of it out yourself. And the controller thing, 
I, I have to look into that because that is really a nice feature because, you know, a lot of people have like the wireless keyboards or like the touchpads, like the touch screens. And I think that's going to be the next thing for me as a touch screen because that's really nice to be able to just, you know, because I think instinctively you just kind of touch, want to touch certain things on like Mach 3. You just want to touch and it's like you can't do it. So, um, you know, but the joystick, that's just like such a cool upgrade to like be able to move it around quickly. And like you, you said, you know, you, if you have plate on that table, you're going to have to be moving that thing around. Yeah. And get it going where you need to. You're not going to be moving things around every day, you know. I need a big lifting magnet because mm -hmm. we're, we're putting a crane in. We just had a, a crane guy come stop by and he's going to like figure out a quote and everything. But I need a lifting magnet and those things are real expensive, like to get a good one that lifts – you know, a couple like 2000 pounds or whatever, like the heaviest plate I'm going to be mm. moving is. Yeah. But cause I can't, you know, I yeah. can't, I, even with the forklift, like you need something to hang the plate on. You can't just put the yeah. plate on the forklift forks and slide it all. Like yeah, you don't want to be sliding things across. How, no, how much weight can your table hold? You think? I think a lot. The thing I was a little worried at first. I'm like, huh, this is all aluminum. Like, I, w I wasn't sure how strong it was going to be. This thing's like solid. Yeah. I was shocked. The way those fasteners were, the way it all like locks together, and there's a bunch of gussets and supports. Are, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I don't know what the capacity is, but yeah. Well, what I would be nervous with like a forklift would be like if you, let's say you got the plate on and you're just like, ah, I got to just nudge it a little bit. Oh, Once yeah. you get that like racking, it'll just be like, yeah, that's yeah. you'll wind up with a table on the floor. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that. Well, all the gusts, there's some big, like, not gusts, are they gussets? I don't even know what they are, but like cross braces. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely don't want to do that, though. Just even even if you knock it, like, out of square or like mm. something or anything, like, I just don't want yeah. to do that. I need to get mm. a magnet. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. But they're, yeah, I, they're like, I remember the. Uh, really? So if yeah, you know, the guy I work one, with. The guy I work with, the water jet, that's what he was complaining about when I, I he normally does thin sheets, but yeah. I've asked him to do a couple of like three eighths and half inch jobs for me. And every time he's like, dude, he's like, it's, it takes me like two hours to get the plate on the table because he has no way to do it. Oh, so he's got to yeah. like, he's just, he's not set up for it. And he's very cautious. Like me, I would just like tilt the shit against the table and yeah. fling it up with the forklift. <laughs> Because his water jet probably weighs like, like parts that you use those little yeah. He gets an engine crane. You have an engine crane on one end, a car <laughs> on the other. But he's like, Moving he's telling me, he's like, oh man, he's like, you know how many jobs I have to do just to pay for the damn magnet, you know? Yeah, yeah but it'll be worth it though. Think about how many hours you spent probably with plate. Oh you well, know, yeah, but the thing is, he doesn't. Out. I'm the only person that like oh. calls him to do plate, you know. Oh. And now that I have my own way to cut it, like my last job where I normally would have called him, I did on the plasma table. Yeah, gotcha. Which was so nice because I got to charge yeah. for the plate for the cut instead of just losing that money to him. Mm. You know? Nice. Derek, what have you been up to? Oh, God. Um, I haven't gotten much done. I was away for a couple days. Um, I went down to Atlanta to visit my daughter. but So I haven't been around too much. Um, and it's been a shame because I had – the lady who's usually out on, up on the first floor, she's been gone for a week. So I had the place to myself. I could have been up all night working, but um, I didn't get much going on. I have been working on, believe it or not, that mirror, the black one I was working on, that was actually for my daughter. And I wanted to ship it down 
on like Tuesday. So it would be there on Thursday when I got there so I could hang it for in our new apartment. That's what we me and my wife were going down for to see her place and, you know, meet her potential in-laws and all that good stuff. But um, it wasn't, it wasn't looking right. I was having these white little dots all over the place. It was dust that was um, stuck in like little pinholes and it was frustrating because I could clean them out, but as soon as I put like wax on it or whatever I put on it, it dried inside the pinholes and they came back. So I knew the only way to fix it was going to be to sand them off. And yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just leave it. It's for my daughter. And, um, you know, she'll be happy with it. So I left them. And then my wife looked at it and she's like, what's with all the white dots? And I was <laughs> like, I just knew I was done at that point. So I gave up on it. I said, I'm not going to have it done. So today I took today off from work. I came back last late last night, but I wanted to get COVID tested before I kind of had to, I think, I think Massachusetts, we just changed the rules again. And uh, I think I needed to get COVID tested before I could go back to work. So I took today off and I sanded it down and I got a, everything down nice and clean, all the little pinholes off and everything's good in the world again. So Probably tonight or tomorrow, I'll put a coat of epoxy on it and uh, be done with that and learn not to let little pinholes get in the epoxy. So, how do the pinholes get in there? I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm kind of trying to figure out because I, I, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know if they were like on the first level. One of the things I was doing screwing up is I wasn't, I think I mentioned it last week, I wasn't putting enough epoxy down. So, by the time I figured that out, I put down a nice heavy coat, but the pinholes were kind of on the first layer. So those I kind of just smeared it on with my hand. And I think that's how they got in there. They were just like stuck under there. But uh, I, don't, I don't know how they got there. So if they're there this time, she's getting it pinholes and all because I'm not doing <laughs> it a third time. But I mean, she's going to be does, looking at herself in the mirror, not the pinholes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does look nice. And it was kind of obvious because this one with the black, it was just real obvious. It was, the, a lot of them you couldn't see, but there was a, one section of the black. There was a lot of them, and it did look kind of weird. It looked like it was um, not quite foam, but it looked like there was dirt on the mirror, on the, on the epoxy. So, mm. you know what? That's the way it goes sometimes, so. Yeah, that's, what are you uh, gonna do? Yeah, you know, so that's that. But um, but yeah, it was nice uh, being in Atlanta. Uh, I don't know the last couple times we went to WorkbenchCon. I it the first time we went together with the scooters, it had to be close to where we were because I think we were staying near Georgia Tech this time. And I remember we took the scooters from Georgia Tech back to the place. And yeah, it took us like what twenty minutes, half hour, whatever. That was awesome. That was yeah. the best day. Yeah, that was fun. Everybody had a good time except for your ass. But uh, <laughs> I found those jeans the other day too because I, I ripped the pocket halfway off. And the other day I was like going through my closet. I was like, oh, huh. well, how, how funny that like Derek is there. And I literally just found these pants. For, for those who don't know, when we were at WorkbenchCon two years ago, um, we got scooters and we, me and Paul didn't even have ours like, like, okayed to ride and chris had one he was riding and he was already up and down on the ground showing us all his bmx stunts and he ripped his ass open yeah on, he, was, uh, he was showing off a little bit paul which is yeah he was he was bombing down a hill and he tried to like skid like hit the brake and skid and he, mm -hmm. he ate it like yeah. going yeah. fast he, he, he's trying to be a funny guy and he did succeed he was a Listen. funny guy 
you want to play, you got to pay. Um, That's right. I never, uh, I never uh, complained about that crash. No, no, it was good. I, I, I man, I remember when you pulled your pants down. I was like, yeah. oh my god, I can't believe how bad it is. Uh, <laughs> so, those yeah, things are funny. dangerous. The, yeah, the steering are. on them is so twitchy. Oh my god, they're like these short little handlebars. I know. If you take I, one hand off to like. I know. You're, you're you're gonna fall. It's crazy. Well, the problem is people ride them and they're like, "Oh, let me check my phone to see where I have that's to go." What I was and that's yeah. it. Hey, everybody's on their phone. One well, bump, that's what, and you're dead. Where she was or is, it's um they call it the belt line, and it was like by Krog Market, and there's like a million of them over there. And her boyfriend was telling me like they have them like geo tracked, like so that when they're on the belt line, they can't go as fast as every place else. And ah. yeah, so we were walking up and down. And I was like, wow, it's, you know, it's not that crowded. But I tell you, Saturday and Sunday, it was like a mob scene of people. And then we went down one end of it goes to this uh, park called, I think it was Piedmont park or, or whatever. It was right outside. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It was Piedmont park. What a beautiful park, kind of like their little version of central park, maybe, but um, just a beautiful, beautiful park. And uh, just everybody through there with their scooters and bikes and stuff. So I could imagine, you know, you had a couple thousand people ripping around doing a, pulling the Chris up. You could have some issues, but um but it, it was good. It was cool. There was a lot of like um, public art on the belt line. And it was um, just um, like I said, it's a shame when we were there. We didn't know about this area, or at least I didn't know about it. Like I said, I don't know how far we were from there, but it was such a cool area to explore. Um, I wish I had known when we were there. It would have been fun to kind of hang out there and, and go around. So next who time. knows? Yeah, yeah, next year. Next we'll be year. back there. Um, I, yeah. I don't actually know. I know that. They've already scheduled. So uh, Fabtech would have would have been this week. Oh um, yeah, um, we all would have been in, in Vegas, Vegas. Yeah. Um, uh, for Fabtech, which would have been amazing, uh, especially considering last year. Derek, you didn't come last year, but um, so last year, Paul, uh, Paul, Matt, my friend Mike, and myself, we all went to Fabtech together. But the the night before our flight because there was a snowstorm in the Midwest, our flight got canceled. And I booked I, I booked Matt's ticket, but you booked your own ticket, Paul. Yeah. And then our friend Mike booked his own ticket. And what was funny was that our friend Mike thought he was on the same flight. Oh, he was on a different flight. But he messed up and booked a different flight. And his flight didn't get canceled. But anyway, what it wound up being was that we had Paul had to be at my house, I think at 4 a.m., for us to get to Newark airport by 5 30 AM to get on a flight to oh, yeah, it was crazy. Chicago. Cause originally and, we were going to JFK and then we had to go to Newark, right? Yes. We had to go to Newark and we all literally were, we were all were basically had decided we weren't going to go. And then I was like, yeah. you know what, this, this could be a really amazing like experience. We really should just make it work. And then just to add insult to injury, Matt, who uh, lives about 40 minutes from me, got halfway to my house and then realized he forgot his wallet at home had to turn around go oh. get his wallet then turn around and come back to me and we remember we had that uber driver that like young kid yeah we were like, oh my god we're gonna die in this uber because at first he was driving slow then he just started like flying i was yeah. like you have to make this flight you have to get us to the airport I had I've had insane Uber drivers to airports, me and my father. But remember the Uber driver we had on the way back? There was like a Russian guy. He came and picked us up. And mm -hmm. I look at his car and I go, 
at least we know he's a good driver. His entire car was smashed like a serious <laughs> accident. Like, I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> did, I ever, did I ever tell you I was in Seattle once with my parents and we were uh, we, we had gone on a cruise to Alaska and we were trying to get back to the airport and we called a, a like a taxi company and the guy just like wasn't coming. And so my dad's calling the taxi company. He's like, listen, we got to go. There's like six people. We have all these bags. Guy shows up. He had locked his keys in the van at his last stop and smashed out his back window to come and get us. So he shows up and he's got no back window in his van. And we're like, dude, what the hell? He's like, oh, my keys, my keys. I didn't want you guys to be late. So there's glass all over the floor of oh the my trunk. God. <laughs> my mom's like, I'm not putting my bags on all this glass. <laughs> like, what the That's funny. You, uh, I got another quick story about when after Maker Central, when me and my father um went to italy for a week yeah we flew into florence oh boy and italy's unreal the way they operate over there we flew into florence into into the airport and we there were we were the only people in the airport there was no employees like there was like two um like well like customs people whatever that barely checked you or interrogated you you know when you come because we were coming from london and so there was like those two guys and like the lights were like half out and we, well, the whole flight, we're just all waiting outside. There's not a single car in the parking lot, not a single taxi, no Uber, nothing. We had to call a local taxi company. They had to wake up their drivers and it wasn't even that late. It was like 10. <laughs> they had to wake up and they had to send drivers to come pick up everybody. And we were all running to like another part of the airport to be the first people in line to um, get on the taxi. And then there was nothing open because it was like a weekday. And the only, we were starving. The only thing open was a McDonald's. <laughs> it was like bad. It was sketchy. And I, it was really kind of sad because all like, it was full of like a bunch of refugees that had nowhere to go. Uh-huh. And it was like, I don't know if we were going to make it out of there alive, but like, it was sad. Like they were all just all these people, you know, you know, trying, I guess, you know, fleeing countries from like i think yeah. africa just yeah. mcdonald's like sleeping in the booths like they didn't have anywhere to go it was crazy That's like, what... it was a rough first experience you know getting into yeah Italy. well last night you know that atlanta airport's so crazy so my wife had never been there and i'm like we just gotta get to the terminal oh, the we're airport's in... insane there. oh my god we're in terminal e we had some time to kill so i'm like let's just get to the terminal we'll get something to eat Get on that stupid plane train. We had to return a rental car. We get all the way there. There's like 50 restaurants at Terminal E. We get there. McDonald's is the only one open. Yeah, I'm like, are you shitting me? So we just ended up getting chips or whatever, and we sat there. But I tell you, last time I went to Atlanta was for WorkbenchCon, and it's when I missed my flight. Oh, and that was yeah. a nightmare. And I tell you, I went to the desk about three times. And I says, the lady, is this the flight back to Boston? She's like, yes, sir. We already announced it is. I says, well, it says it's going to New York. And, you know, I just want to make sure. She's like, yeah. I felt like saying, listen, lady, I missed a flight before. Like, that was the worst. I'll, I'll just share that real quick. When we were going to work, BenchCon, I went to the airport early. I pulled into the restaurant, went about four hours early before my <laughs> flight. And um, I was at turn. Gate 36. So I go to 36. I'm sitting there waiting. We're boarding at 7.30 in the morning. And about 7 o'clock, um, a flight, a plane lands. People get off. And off the plane comes Troy from Abatech. 
And I knew Troy wasn't going to work BenchCon. And I seen him and I says, geez, that's weird. I, I thought Troy wasn't going. So he goes into the men's room. He comes out. Now it's about 10 past seven. And I says, geez, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I just flew in from Maine. I said, I thought you weren't going to Arbitech. And he's, oh, no, I'm not going. I'm going to Cleveland. I says, oh, when, when's your flight leave? He goes, oh, in about 10 minutes from this gate. I'm like, no, this gate's going to Atlanta. Oh. He says, no, look at my ticket. I says, look at my ticket. So we both had tickets that said gate 36. Except <laughs> mine said Atlanta. His said Cleveland. So I go to the desk. I says to the lady, listen, I think my friend's at the wrong gate. She's like, no, your friend's at the right gate. You're at the oh, wrong gate. No. You changed the gate. So they weren't going to even. So my gate was like right across the runway. But unfortunately, I had to go all the way around the airport. They're like, they're closing the door in four minutes. You'll never make it. That's insane. So they wanted to charge me for another ticket. And I was pissed. I showed them. I said, I downloaded this at 530 this morning. They said, well, it's your responsibility to update it. I says, well, why would I update it? I get the ticket. I assume this is where it's going to be. So needless to say, I got delayed there. Luckily, they have a lot of flights to Atlanta. I got on one at like noontime, and I got there a couple hours later. But uh, I tell you, it, it just sucked so bad. It was like, you know, it could have been a lot worse. But it's just funny. I was think that's all I could think of yesterday, you know, coming home. I'm like, oh, I, I just don't want to miss a flight, you know. That happened uh, to me in, uh, at uh, Newark once. I was flying home from Texas, going back to Boston. I had a connecting flight in Newark, and I was sleeping right at night. the gate. And yeah. then I look up and all of a sudden everyone at the gate is gone. And I'm like, uh, what the hell's going on? And they had changed the gate. Everybody yeah. that was going to Boston went with the yeah. crew, walked or yeah. whatever they did. And yeah. I wound up literally running like a scene out of home alone. We're like, uh, I'm dropping shit. I'm just like letting it go. And I had to get on like this little plane. I was trying to get back to school at the time. I was like, Oh my God. Ever since then, I'm, I'm like you, man, like head on a swivel, like this is the right gate. I write it down yeah. on my hand. Yeah. Well, I don't even have to go looking uh, for my phone. I'm like, yeah. Well, no, it's funny when Paul just said nobody was at the airport. So if anybody's ever traveled with Jimmy, he loves to be at the airport early. So if he has a, you know, 11 a.m. flight and you tell, they tell you to be there by 10 or 9 30. He says, okay, let's be there at 4.30 in the morning. Like like that should get us there. But then at 2 in the morning, he's like, let's head there. So when we were in England and we were heading home, I had a little, I'll say, a disagreement with one of my brothers. And I was up with them fighting all night on, on the phone. And, you know, our flight was leaving at like like 10.30 the next morning. So about 2 o'clock, 2, 2.30 in the morning, Jimmy looks at me. He's like, you want to go to the airport? <laughs> I'm like, you shitting me, dude? He's like, it's 2.30 in the morning. He's like, yeah, what are we going to do? Go to bed and then get up in a couple hours that's and go? I'm do. like, yeah. That's <laughs> what what it's airport. So, so I'm like, all right, we'll go to the airport. So we go to the airport. It's in, um, so we're, in, yeah, we're in England and we go there and the airport's closed. It's, it's, it's close. Like you can't yeah, go yeah, in the airport. Okay. Right? It's, like, it's not Logan. Yeah. It, yeah. It's not Logan input. So finally we find this guy. He says, no, no, you're good in down there. We go in there. It's me, Jimmy, and like 10 guys with like machine guns that are got in the airport. <laughs> and they're just like looking at us. And I remember just like sitting there and just like falling asleep on my bags. Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. this is ridiculous. You know, finally, you know, people start showing up a couple hours later, but I'm like, Oh my God, what a nightmare. You We're know, so used to like 24 seven. It's when yeah. I was, when I was traveling for BMX, um, 
I, I missed the flight once because the guy we were with said that we were 30 minutes from the airport. It turned out we were like an hour and a half from the airport, so we missed our flight. So ever since then, every time I would travel, I would always tell my friends my flight was an hour earlier than it was so that I would always like make sure that I would make my flight to get home. Yeah. And uh, one time my buddy dropped me off at an airport outside of Austin, and I could only get in the vestibule of the front of the airport. I couldn't get in any. I couldn't even sit in a chair because it was closed. Oh, I got yeah, there at four I, in the morning. Uh, airport was closed. I wound up sleeping on my bike bag in the vestibule for like three hours. It was horrible. I, it's, I, it's, like that. <laughs> this is a great. Make, this is a great making podcast. Oh, a great yeah, making podcast. It, this is how much we all love stores. to travel. Thank American, God, we, American airports are, are, are terrible. Thank I'll God tell we you can't one thing. Travel anymore. The, uh, the I flew from Florence to Rome and then was in Rome for three days. The airport in Rome was unreal. I I mean like beautiful restaurants, clean, nobody in it. I I was I, I literally got porca, porchetta sandwiches. They were slicing a whole freaking porchetta and putting it on nice <laughs> fresh bread. I took that on the plane on the flight home. It's like and then I and JFK. This was. Flying to London when when I when we first left, we were starving. We had the most disgusting food I've ever. It, I don't even know what it was. Like, Dude, I want there to be a show that's just you and your dad and your mom yeah. traveling. So your mom, oh, mom could be like cleaning my stuff. Mom did not travel. <laughs> She's it, looking for a dishwasher. No, 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 for my toothbrushes. My my mom cannot travel, but like she literally, I think she gave like my sister and travel anxiety. Like my sister was afraid to fly for a long time and now she's not, but my mom used to have, she used to look up all these remedies cause she gets motion sickness. She um, have these like scent, like oils, like literally like myrrh or like frankincense, like the shit that you like, and it would stink up the whole plane. She'd put this oil on like behind, behind her ear. She thinks it helps with motion sickness. She heard about it. Then she had these bracelets that had a that had a pressure point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little, this little plastic thing that was supposed to hit a pressure point. She put them on my sister. She put them on herself. She'd be squeezing my sister's wrists to activate. <laughs> the she was the only one making my sister sick. The flights were all fine. It was her making my sister, you know, have a heart attack on the flight. There's nothing better than a good flight. When we just flew to Atlanta, the flight down there, other than about five yeah. minutes. It was like the plane never left the terminal. Mm. I was like, if this is how flying was all the time, I would fly around the world. It's just, it's so nice. But the other thing is, it's amazing. Like, I mean, Atlanta is like not another country, but it's just amazing how different it is in the like our oh, own yeah. country. Like, you know, we wanted to grab like a quick sandwich or something on the way to the airport. It's like, I, I says, don't they have like pizza places like or like sandwich shops? <laughs> We couldn't find anything. And finally, right by the airport, it says, oh, there's a pizza place over here. It was closed, right? But it's like, like we then we needed, um, you know, I mentioned to you guys, my wife had a little mishap while we were away and got hurt a little bit. She's all right, thank God. But uh, we were looking for aspirin. And around here, the, every other corner, there's Walgreens and CVS, like across from each other, yeah. like competing. Like, couldn't even find a freaking drugstore. Really? Like, Dunkin' Donuts on every corner. I mean, and around here, it's a little excessive. But, like, in Malden, where I am, this I bet you there's 35 Dunkin' Donuts. You know? Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, but there's, like, you know, you go into, like, a little square, and there's, like, four pizza places, you know, sub shops, roast beef sandwiches. Like, that's, like, I guess a New England thing or a Massachusetts thing. You can't get those outside of Massachusetts. But it's, like, 
it's just crazy how different it is. Like, you know, my, my daughter's like, well, what do you want to eat? I'm like, I don't know. Just like from any restaurant. It's a, there was a ton of restaurants, but, uh, I was like, don't they have like a sandwich shop around here? Like, isn't that like a thing down here? But I don't know. It's just, that's why I, I kind of don't like traveling. I just don't like not know where I am. Not like, I like familiar things around yeah, so me. Uh, just getting old, you know, I don't know. You want to talk about that, the food in England? Oh, oh my God. No, <laughs> we, have, we have a couple of fans over there. I don't give a shit. We don't want to lose the three. They know. Why do you think they all come here? They don't know. They've never experienced taste. No, they know. Dude, London was good. Like, London was good. We went to this. Actually, the best place we went to was like a Lebanese restaurant in London. It was like legit food. But then. Me and Jimmy got ramen. It was the best ramen. Didn't you guys go someplace? You went to like some Indian place and there were like mice running around. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we went That's to an right. Indian place oh, twice, and then I on the second up. day on the way out, there was a dead mouse in the floor, oh, yes. right? On the floor. That's right. I put it on my Instagram story. Yeah. Eric was Aladdin. How great it was. Aladdin. Uh, Eric took us oh, to this. Oh my god! Brought us on the Manchurian Death March. I'm gonna like, throw up. We walked like 15 miles through London with all of our shit, all of our bags. That was so weird. Dude, we, I, you guys should have came with us. We had it all figured out. We were like. Killing it over there. Yeah, Dude, I those mean, Indian people, they were crazy. Trying to rip us into their restaurants. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Come in here. Come in yeah. here. Like, coming at you. No, that's you got to go to Lebanese. In, uh, you got to go to Lebanese in London. And what that's what happens food? in Italy, too, in Rome. They literally the will pull you ate? into the restaurants. What was that? What was the food we ate there? Like, it was at supposed the, to in be Birmingham? Like, well, London was good. No, no the Indian place. Like, oh. they said, like, oh, it was the best whatever. Well, we had chicken tikka masala and yeah, gone pretty yeah, much all yeah. of us because yeah, Kevin Lazat looked at it like Kevin Lazat looked at it like it was like he was eating a human hand. He was so like freaked out by the variety I, of shit I in front of his plate. Too. It was like so many things that sucked. It was like yeah, a menu of, I told of you one that. sucky thing after another. But then Eric from Hand Tool Rescue, like he's like a like he's like a comrade. Eric's Italian. And he looks like he came out from behind in the kitchen with the yeah. heavy, yeah, with, the I, heavy yeah, with the heavy dark eyebrows. He's doing the head bobbing thing, making jokes. Oh my god, it was such a trip. Yeah, that was so and, then, funny. and then the dead mice on the floor. One was alive, and the guy stepped on it by mistake. Didn't mm -hmm. even know it. Killed yep, it. That's yep. We saw it on our way out, and yeah. we went twice. We went two days in a row because That's, we were like, oh, well, at least the food is better than the last yeah, shitty even, place Even we the to. mice like it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh. But Birmingham, when we went to Birmingham and ate that hotel food. Dude, I oh. ate a cheeseburger only, and that butterscotch ice cream every day. Oh, you guys went out thing. to dinner that one night and it was horrible, but didn't the, you? Oh, that was bad. And that was the first we went to the steakhouse, remember? Yeah, Paul? me, Derek, and my father went to this oh my God. The high end steakhouse. It was yeah. like so bad but then the only <laughs> thing i ate which was edible were there was like a crepe um like cart in the actual event and i got like three crepes a day and just survived on crepes because yeah i ate those a lot too I and drank a ton pizza. of coffee i survived on crepes whoever made that pizza in that hotel should be shot in the head it was the most disgusting <laughs> I, I, like and normally bad like shitty pizza is like you can yeah. eat yeah this pizza, was so unedible Pizza is like sex. It's all good, just different. Like that. That pizza was <laughs> that bad. Pizza though. was like yeah. That pizza broke the, the broke the mold. Oh, oh my god! So that 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 place blew my mind. I mean, but there's nothing. I mean, 
Like there's can't nothing wait to go back. London, can't wait to get back to traveling next year, guys. Outside it's of be London, so fun. there's nothing. They got London. London was probably the cleanest, most beautiful yeah. city I've ever seen. Outside of that, you could have yeah. you could have amazing? that place. Yeah, I tell you, it was so cool how like London, how they don't have all the bullshit. They don't allow like all the chains in there and everything. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's so nice. It but is. then it was, it was Italy beautiful. was the most unreal. Like Florence was was unreal. Like I would live there if I if I could. It was, you can. Oh, I you know. Can. Like, what am I going to do? Fairfield Steelworks. And, uh, you can't make money in Italy, though. Yeah. They, they don't, don't want to work. Anymore. They just enjoy their lives. They I know, but I, gotta, I need money to go over there. I got to start with something, you know? Wow. Uh, just go over there and just enjoy life yeah. like they all do. I, mean, I, I work try. in Manhattan. I think I talked about this on one of the other episodes. When I worked in Manhattan and they, we ordered a set of stairs, and when we were pricing it out, the best price we got was fabricated in Italy That's and crazy. shipped over. It was it was like I think it was like ten percent cheaper to have it built in Italy and created, shipped here, and then installed by these uh these iron workers in Brooklyn. That's how like desperate the shop in Italy was. Wow. But I don't know. Maybe people's overhead to keep their businesses open is low, and that's why they can afford to just like not work. I don't they know. Literally, I know that they literally don't work. Do they take the whole month of August off? Like my friend. Yeah. His family, he's Italian, and, and his family was trying to buy a house. They're doing these programs in Italy where you could buy a house for like a dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, you have to work on it. You have it. to like have to fix it. it. Yeah. 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 But he didn't do that, but he bought a house in some village like half hour, 45 minutes outside of Rome. And this has been going on for literally a year. Like every time he would call, no one would be like, no one would be at, at the lawyers or what he's dealing with like Italian lawyers or company, real estate yeah. broker or whatever is going like whatever it is. And they were literally gone for like months for over the summer. Like no one was working. It's just crazy. Yeah. I think the rest of the world is kind of like that. My neighbor used to do a lot of work over in um, the uh, United Arab Emirates. Yeah. There. Yeah. And he, and he used to always be like, Oh, you should come over there and work with me. He's like, you'll work for six months and take six months off. And, I was like, why? He's like, he's like, they don't like to work over there. He goes, you hmm. can't find anybody to work. He's, yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I'm all set, dude. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to Saudi Arabia and work and hide, you know. Those mean, places he, had, are he, he was from New Zealand, so he was all set with his passport, you know. Those places will let you, like, drive a Lamborghini at 200 miles an hour down the street, but if you drink alcohol, they'll, like, shoot you or something. Like, you you know, I don't understand the yeah, you you smoke weed, yeah, you'll get the electric chair, but if you, you know, <laughs> you could have a tiger walking down the street on a leash, you know, it doesn't even make sense how these people live. Yeah, like this guy's got eight, there's all those uh, Middle Eastern Instagram accounts where they have like 20 uh-huh. tigers walking down the beach in Dubai, but then God forbid, you know, you have yeah. a, if, you if have you're a, a woman, if you're a woman, and you, you're try a woman to, uh, you try to drive a car. You get yeah. locked up forever if you're a woman. You try and drive over there. It's crazy. They cut your hands off. Yeah, I don't get. I mean, in all their so, buildings, they have the tallest. So what are you working on? <laughs> I'm still going. They have the tallest buildings in the world, literally built in sand. On sand. It's like yeah. what happens when they just all blow over. Yeah. I I, yeah. I don't know. They build, they build more on the rubble. I guess. Yeah. Who cares? I mean, they got so much money. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy, what have crazy. I been working on? I've been building a gate. I saw yes. your gate. I've been building fences. A long ass gate. That's a long ass gate. I'm reporting you. Yeah, we called Secret. Yeah, yeah, we we dialed three one one and we did a three one one on you. Yeah. And, um, 
citizens arrest. By the way, you don't have your meeting tonight. You're, you got thrown out of the committee. So. Right. I'm about to get thrown out. Well, it's so funny. So like we're building this thing, right? And and um, every person that walked by likes this fence. Every person that walks by stops and is like, what is that? Is that cedar? Is that eBay? Is Oh my God, it's mahogany. I love it. I love the design. I love this. What is your permit? Right. And then, and then, you know, no one that's involved with my town would ever listen to this. But one of the guys that was on the board that denied the application came oh, okay. by and was like, I'm going to be honest, guys, it looks fantastic. And I'm going to call them and just tell them like, we should just leave you alone on this. Yeah, no, it's, I'm too, like, it's too bad. You're going to have to tear it down. Right. I'm like, listen, this is like, this isn't like a home Depot, like chain link fence. This is like a $25,000 hardwood, like piece of woodworking, you know? And I had two people stop me while I was working on it and say that they wanted my card because they want me to build them something like that at their house. And I was like, I don't want to do this for you, but I'll give you my card anyway. But the big thing about it, that was, it's been fun to work on because you know, the design challenge of like building, uh, it's a 16 foot gate on one side and a 14 foot gate on the other. And like, it's been really difficult to get it to work. And, and at this point, the mahogany is so heavy. I'm going to have to add a roller wheel to the big gate because there's just no way for it to support its own weight. Yeah, you'd have um, to use really heavy steel like for well, something I, that big. Yeah, I used I used thin I used thin material with a lot of braces to keep it light and I know the hinges can support the weight and I know the post and the and the mounting hardware all that can support the weight but my concern is that at that leverage point at 16 feet I think if you like sat on that gate you would just shear the steel you yeah, hear the hint right off the, it, off the it, You would, because I remember when what's what's that guy's name? Who's the one that does a maker table? Is that is that like a guy's Instagram account? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was putting in a jib crane. I think it was like a one ton jib crane. It stuck out like twelve feet. He had to pour a massive footing, like mm-hmm. massive. Just and that was yeah, only twelve feet that. of leverage. You got sixteen. Not saying you're gonna put you know one ton on the end of it, but yeah. the leverage is is like you would need to put a serious footing and a serious column in there and have some big, you know, without having like the wheel, like you're doing. Yeah. So what I'm doing is I have two, uh, 250 pound rated spring gate wheels, which have, you know, like I think three inches of travel. Um, and one will be in the center. One will be on the edge. And hopefully, hopefully I just need the one on the edge. I don't think that the one in the center, I think that they're going to con, I think that they're going to conflict each other. I don't think having two, uh, driving points is actually going to work out. Um, but the, the whole thing, like when it was steel without the wood on it, it worked so well. It was like perfect. It was like, it was cambered up a little bit, but then that mahogany was just so heavy. So my kind of steps on this thing is if, if worst case scenario, if the wheel wheels don't wind up working, I'm going to the worst case scenario would be I have to strip all the wood off the gate and resaw all of it down to make it half as thick as it is now, Uh, which wouldn't really be that bad considering it's really just like, it's like 25 pieces of straight material. So if I really had to do it, it would probably take me like half a day to take it apart, resaw it and put it back together. But it would definitely make like a material difference in terms of the weight on uh, on as much. Yeah, exactly. But what made you do one a one-piece gate that bends instead of just two separate, you know? So the, the way his driveway is, if we did two gates, you wouldn't even be able to use his driveway because his driveway is shaped like a U. So the uh, one-piece gate 
back on itself is so that when the gates open, it can fold back and tuck away and not take up any driveway space. Oh, I see. Well, it's a little complicated. On the other side of the driveway, the gate's going to swing against uh, like a set of bushes. But, you know, it's just, it's funny because like I, I didn't, I didn't go out for this job. Like my, my client came to me because someone else that he had, he was about to give a deposit to just stopped calling him. Mm. And he was like, you know what? I just want to get this done. Like you, we can figure this out. You can do it. So I keep having to kind of remind him like, dude, I don't make driveway gates, you know, like I can't guarantee that this, you know, engineering that I came up with in my head is going to work out. Like I know there's always a way to figure it out, right? Like there's always going to be a way to put a following wheel or something that's going to help it. But like, I don't know. I just guessed. Yeah. So, you almost have to first like have an engineer look at that. Cause the way you have it hit, you're definitely gonna need the wheel. Cause I'm thinking about it. The way you have it bend back on itself, mm-hmm. not only are you going to have it sticking straight out, it's going to be sticking out at a 90 degree angle. And then that piece is going to be twisting yep. the straight piece. Exactly. You would have to make that, you would have to use a massive column, like yeah. huge footing and probably like, three by six by quarter inch wall tube, like serious stuff to yeah. even square tube. So it wouldn't twist like, yeah. and then make it's, that second arm a lot thinner material. Yeah. Like that first arm should be really, really thick, but it's just, yeah. So it, the way that I did it, um, <laughs> it worked, like I said, it worked really well when it was steel, but you could feel it wanting to twist. And then the mahogany is three quarter inches thick. So it's uh, like, there's 200 pounds of mahogany on the gate. Yeah. And column is is four by four quarter wall with a three eighths inch base plate and then five eighths threaded rod in a 16 inch sono tube so like there's definitely some mass there but leverage is leverage i mean you can on a 16 foot lever yeah. you could bend any you know like one man can bend can bend a piece of tubing with 16 feet of leverage yeah. you know like that's not a big deal at all so if someone walks by and like leans on that gate it's just like going so I don't know. I'm hoping that uh, that the wheels that I ordered are strong enough and they have enough travel. But if they don't, um, I don't think it'd be too hard to make like a custom, you know, heavy duty traveling wheel using like you know a heavy spring um, and like a and a big wheel. So I don't know. It's a bit. It's a big experiment. But the second gate, I'm going to make a YouTube video on because um, I never. I was running so behind schedule on this whole job. I didn't have time to film anything. But I think. The way it's coming out, I think it would be a, a good video, and I think people would like to see some of the process of building that gate and fence. You know, I never really thought about that, like being so long, like acting like a lever and um, like bending it. You know mm. what I mean? Like with that joint in there. Yeah, the the, the lever, yeah. the torque you yeah. probably have on that thing is crazy. Yeah, because it goes, and then it just wants to. Yeah. Huh. And I told the client that too. I said, listen, we can, I said, I'll put the hinge in the middle of the gate and we'll plan for it to work, but we might wind up just bolting it back together and making it straight again. You know, like there's no guarantee that the hinge section works. Yeah. Cause if it's like this, right? Like if this is like a top view and it's, it starts like this and then it opens, it'll like twist, just twist right on. Like, yeah, that's crazy. That's an interesting, huh? And once the steel twists, it has no reason to go back because it's not that type of, it's like, you know, it's not that type of, of, 
mechanical mechanical movement where it would compensate itself backwards. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I feel like yeah. it's going to just twist. Um, and it's, it's not it's funny. Gonna be- you think of like steel, like is so strong. Like once it's welded, like it's never going to move. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? But it's just, it's not that way. Yeah. Listen, when it wants to move, it's going to move. I mean, think yeah. about how you can twist steel just by welding it, you know, yeah. just by up. Like I know Paul, you weld a lot of base plates. Like anytime I weld a base plate, I'm always amazed by how much it, it like, in mm. potato chips up towards the heat like i'll weld a three eighths inch base plate and i'll get like a quarter inch of warp out of it yeah. over one inch try stainless that- stainless moves like crazy yeah stainless mm. is weird it is nuts though the way it, the way it moves somebody recently just hit me up about their plasma table because they were like oh i've been making signs and i and he was mounting a sign to a to like a column i guess as an offset mm. not like a column ever like a piece of tube to as a standoff off the wall and uh, he's like, how would I fix this warp? He sh- sent me a video of it, and it was kind of like leaning backwards. And I was like, dude, honestly, I was like, you just have to heat the opposite zone. And I like to I like to clamp it flat, heat it, and then quench it. And usually that will compensate for the warp. But in 16-gauge material, like once it's warped, it's, it's – Yeah, what warped. are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, it's So I don't know. It's also funny how like using just regular solid wire – mig welding why it just it doesn't penetrate like it's not that strong like if you're doing anything structural or anything that needs to be super strong like you got to use dual shield you got to use like spray because yeah have you done any, uh have you done any pulse mig yet with the 9010 no like That's um, something i like pulse with what like spray like uh like a, a spray art but pulse or just pulse regular mig no, I haven't. No, I don't know. I like using the. I like using dual shield. The only thing about it is, it's just I don't like keeping it in my machine because I don't do that type of work. Yeah. So like to to forty five uh, flux core, it just it's so smoky. Yeah, especially and, in your shop, you need like yeah. in my shop, the whole place gets filled up with smoke, and it's you know, it's thirty almost thirty foot ceilings. It's crazy, but you got to use. You can't just use solid wire for anything that needs to be anything over like quarter inch or, you know, Yeah. it just, it, there's no penetration. It'll just, you'll weld something and then it'll snap. It'll be like, it wasn't even welded. It's, it's really weird, but I was moving. So if you guys were following my, uh, my stories, you saw that I had to move my hinges a couple of times. And what I would do is I would like cut the main weld and then snap them off. And it's so funny when you snap off a weld, how easy it is to snap them off. Once you get like, once you get behind the tab a little bit and they just break off, you're like, wow, that was, Mm. that was was strong. Uh." That's the, that's the (laughs) solid wire, not (laughs) doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. What have you been doing? What have you been uh, welding lately, uh, Derek? I feel like you got a TIG welder. No, you were doing funny. I um, I'm actually got a little project I want to do. My um, I will bet the house that my doctor does not listen to this, but my doctor is a little bit of an artist, and um, we were talking one time, and he had mentioned that he um, it was funny. I we did one of those um what do they call it? Televisits there? Like, and he's like, geez, he's like, where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm in my work truck. 
He goes, oh, where you are, that gallery. He goes, I have some artwork in there. I'm like, really? He oh, goes, yeah. subtly flexing on you as the yeah, doctor. Yeah, no, it was, no, it was funny. He, um, there was a, a water main broke, and it was an art gallery in the basement, and all the artwork got destroyed. Oh. And his artwork was in there, but his artwork isn't um, didn't get destroyed. So we were talking. So, of course, I'm like, oh, what type of artwork? And he was being modest. He's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. So, of course, I got to snoop around, and I find him. And he makes some weird shit, dude. <laughs> now, Jeff, don't, don't, me and Jeff had a little art talk. Jeff set my ass straight on art, and I appreciate it. And this guy was definitely the first to make this shit. But it was just, some of it was a little disturbing, like a little bit weird. Nothing like sexual, nothing like that. It was just kind of like make you feel all? something. Did you have? Yeah, like yeah. It's just like kind of like just weird, but it, it was. Um, but some of it, it was kind of cool. He had a couple. I think I showed you, Chris. It. It was. Um, you know those pink rubber balls, like the hand balls. He makes those and he stacks them, and mm. they just. I don't know how they're attached together, but they're like clusters of pink balls. And uh, I want to make him. I love my doctor. He's awesome, Doctor Price. Your ex doctor. No, no, no. He's awesome. But um, I want to make him. I want to take those big ball bearings I have, and I want to make one of his copy one of his pieces of art, and I want to make it like a paperweight and give it mm -hmm. to him as a gift, and he can uh, put it on his desk. And I figure that'd be a nice little project oh, to use cool. to take wild with. Yeah, yeah, it'd be kind of cool. They're just like clusters of like it kind of looks like. I don't want to say DNA or whatever because it doesn't really look like a molecule. That. Yeah, like a molecule. It's just like a cluster of pink balls. So I want to do one, copy one of them, and and do that. So I'm going to do that. But I have to get back to it. I um I haven't welded anything in a while just because I was busy trying to finish up a couple things. I actually have to finish welding that cot for my buddy Brian after we put it together and it wasn't square. We cut it apart, and he wasn't really in a rush because he was using it up at his camp over the summer, and obviously the summer's over. I think he's still going up there, but I don't think he's really into tanning and stuff like that, so he doesn't really need it. But I have to finish welding that. And, um, you know, I, I enjoy TIG welding stuff. Like, I um, pra not practice a lot, but, like, just I'll weld a lot of scrap stuff together. I don't know. Something about TIG welding, I just enjoy doing it. It's very yeah, relaxing. I like TIG welding. Yeah, it just it, I almost wish sometimes like people would drop stuff off and just say, "Hey, could you take well this?" Because it is, it's like relaxing for me. I I just really enjoy the whole thing of it. Yeah, you know? try some aluminum. It won't be so relaxed. I, I, dude, if you didn't interrupt me, I was gonna say, I'm gonna do some aluminum to offset it. it that is so frustrating, dude. I just it drives me insane. I've I've literally almost given up on it because. I can't get it. it like, once you get it, it's not that bad. But when you but dude, it's so crazy. It's like I start like trying to TIG weld aluminum. Are some you cleaning it a lot? Are you cleaning it well? That, no, oh, no, that's I think the problem. Yeah, that's you what have, I, I clean nothing. I just force my yeah. way through. Well, it's yeah. funny because I was watching. I downloaded some videos. I finally got the YouTube Premium or whatever, and I downloaded some videos and I was watching some TIG welding videos of aluminum and that's where i think i'm going wrong not cleaning it real it. real good because yeah there's an, there, an Dude, it's like it's bulletproof no because there's an there's an oxide layer that always yeah. forms on aluminum no matter like if it, you can't see it but it forms on there and you have to yeah. break through that and also that's the reason why i got to get a good tig welders because 
you need there's different settings like the the way you can adjust the electricity the 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 voltage the hertz so you can yeah. more cleaning versus more penetration like the actual arc will do will clean off that oxide will get rid of that oxide. i'm probably explaining this wrong but you got yeah, it i, I know you got to clean yeah. it with scotch bright or and, and, and yeah. a little acetone or a stainless steel brush it's just never yeah. going to work i have to get out my, my fur abrasives there you go there yeah. you go yeah, you yeah, aluminum yeah that is good aluminum yeah he does so much motorcycle stuff and like welds cases and Matt's, stuff like that. That's a good guy. You got to get it, let him out of the cage a little bit more, Chris. Dude, I, I try. Does try. he not like getting out of the cage? Is he like a dog? He likes to be in the crate. Or I drag him everywhere. I I dragged him to FabTech last year. I bought yeah. his ticket. I was like, we're going to FabTech. I was like, we're, I said, because FabTech invited me to go as like an influencer or whatever, and I was like, dude, we're like, we're going to FabTech. You're coming with me. And he's like, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, dude, I'll pay for the hotel. I'll pay for the flight. Like, let's go. We're going. And what, like, yeah. we're going. And then just just recently, I bought a, I bought that gantry crane from Matt Harris down in Maryland. And since uh-huh. Matt just got that motorcycle crash, he can't uh, he can't really go to work probably for another month. I was like, dude, when I go to Maryland, you're coming with me. You know, like, just to get exposed to some more people. I mean, he came up to the welding class at Jimmy's and, like, yeah. It was Such like, a good guy. And, and at first he was like, oh, dude, I don't want to like, you know, step step on Jody's toes or JD or whatever. After like five minutes, Jody was already saying uh, to some of the students like, hey, if you have questions, ask this guy, you know? Yeah, yeah he's, he's real good. And he's a good teacher. That's the thing. Like he he's good at uh, <clears throat> he's good at teaching and he never like even realized that. And then I, I, I have him teaching my um, my MIG welding class here. And we recently just did, uh, we have an interview coming out about the shop coming up soon in a magazine. We'll talk more about it when it gets published. But, you know, the interviewer asked him about teaching and he, you know, kind of talks about how like he never thought that it's something that he would do. But after, you know, being involved with this kind of stuff for so long, you're doing it your whole life. It just becomes kind of like second nature. So, yeah, no, I, I want him to be more exposed to like the stuff that we do. And that's why I try to do as many projects as with him as I can, because like, you know, he's great at building motorcycles and him building motorcycles is great. But like, there's such a vast. Yeah, network. I wish he was like a bigger part of the community. Exactly. You know? And I've heard he around. He seems like he enjoys it. Exactly. But- and I always tell him like, you know, like, dude, I'm going to Jimmy's for the weekend. What are you doing? Or like when we went to the Museum of uh, Machining, yeah. was, you know, that week didn't come. It was his uh, daughter's birthday. But. I always try to get him out and get him to do more stuff because I feel like, you Same know, Macklin, that, that kid yeah. was like, he's like a funny guy. Like he's like another guy I'd like to see. Remember Macklin was digging through that shed on your oh tube. Dude, it was that, like an animal. I, I was afraid I was he was like, going to find a dead body. That's what I thought. It was just like, I, it's I, very I, funny because Matt and Macklin, like they have like Macklin is a carpenter, uh, he's as much of a carpenter as as he could be, and yeah. Matt is as much of like a metal worker That's as he could be. Like Matt, Matt smokes two packs of cigarettes a day. He's you know he's like he he looks like he crawled out from like inside a uh, iron ore factory sometimes. And Macklin, you know, like he he's got the long blonde hair. He looks like he came from Norway, like building timber frames. And I just think it's hysterical that like just recently I bid a job, 
And the job was either going to be a steel platform or a wooden platform. And I called both of them. I called Matt and I was like, yo, we might be doing this job. It's a steel platform, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay. And I called Macklin. We might be doing this job. It could be a wood platform. And it was so funny because it was like, who's going to get the job? Because if it was wood, yeah. it was going to Macklin. If it was metal, it was going to Matt. And it wound up being yeah. wood. So now me yeah. and Macklin are going to go and do it together. But no, yeah. I, if I could have my way, I would have both of them working for me full time. And we would just make cool shit every day. It's too bad you couldn't do something like that. That would be fun. One day. But, soon yeah. enough. Yeah. If things keep going the way that they're going, there's going to be no reason to uh, not just do that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, they're good guys. Hopefully yeah. uh, hopefully, I can continue to drag them out into the light a little bit more. You yeah. know, I think, I think like as things be- progress more and like, you know, these events – I don't know. It's, it's funny as you kind of break into these events, right? Like we've, we've all gone to, we go to workbench con and, you know, the last year went to fab tech and the other different kind of things, you know, we all kind of started as going, going more as like, we were all, uh, attendees versus mm-hmm. like guests. Yeah. And now it's more, it's a little more that we're on the kind of guest side as an, as. Yeah. Then they canceled everything. And then they canceled everything. Yeah, right but, we're you know, in our stride. And I yeah. can think about how, like, you know, next year if we're able to do, like, um, you know, uh, like make a summer camp, yeah, make or, summer camp or the Catskill yeah, Mountain Catskill. Makers Camp, like, yeah. it's it, it's the, you know, we can I can I can invite those guys on my behalf to them, you know, the same way that Jimmy did it for us, where Jimmy said, hey, you know, like I'm going to Spring Make and these are my friends and they're going to come with me, you know, it's it's like our time to. To, to extend the community outward from our position, you know? And that's what I think is like so good about it because that's how the community grows, right? It's not the same 200 people standing in a room yeah. in Atlanta that it was the year before. There's 50 new people that you're going to meet. Like we all, you know, Paul didn't come to Atlanta, but we met, um, uh, we met so many people in Atlanta this year. We met yeah. Brandy. Uh, we met Growler. Who else yeah. do we meet? Oh my God! Growler. So many people. Yeah, you, like you a, don't know. You weren't. You no. No, no. You weren't, you weren't no, there. I know. So I miss, it sounds like a like a video game character. Don't don't make fun of Jordan. He's a good. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, we met. Yeah, we met Jordan. We met Brandy from Studio. Yeah, you know, so funny. Somebody I talked to. Do you remember the last night where the the woman Stephanie we talked yep. to from Uncommon yep. Outpost. Uncommon Outpost. Yep. Yeah, I she lives in Atlanta and me and her still talk. She's she was such a like she had such a cool thing going on and it's funny because I don't know what you were thinking about her when we were talking like I thought it was somebody you had been talking to for a while and then I started talking to her thinking like you were talking to her and you I think you were talking to somebody else there and it was just funny how I ended up talking to her, but she is, she does some cool stuff. I had just reached out to her to do, um, I don't think I'm going to do it now, but uh, have some sneakers done for my son. She like paints sneakers and stuff, but huh. she does this thing. Like, did you, you ever see her post? Like once in a while I'll get, I'll see her post. Then I won't see him forever. But she did this thing where she made this furniture. It's like cartoon furniture. Do you ever see that? Oh it yes, is, I did. She dude, painted that, on the furniture yeah, like yeah, out of like Nickelodeon. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's so oh, crazy. Cool. Yeah, isn't that funny? It's like she does like the coolest shit. Yeah, I remember meeting her, and she was like, "I didn't even know these kind of events existed." Yeah. 
I mean, it's and the same thing. You know, it's like the yeah, same thing. That's right? what's so funny. Well, that's with Jordan uh, Growler. He, he's like, he brought his furniture portfolio because he thought it was like a furniture convention yeah. thing, you know? And that's what, you know, when Jimmy always says about doing a show about traveling and uh, like meeting all these people and stuff. And it's like, there's this whole world out there of people. Like we think like we know everybody who makes stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's just so many people out there making cool shit that like, nobody knows about and i just sent something to jimmy the other day i was like this guy needs to be on the show when it starts like the make we always talk about the show about travel in the country it was a guy that's been making stuff out of matchsticks oh is that crazy or what the guy like he's not making like the statue of liberty he's making like airplanes and boats and it's like just you know he's done you know but there's like a ton of guys like that you know, yeah. and I think, Paul, were we talking about the guy that there was a guy? I was just talking with somebody, the guy that built the Lamborghini in his basement. I think we talked that about guy. that before. There was the wooden one, but a guy built a Lamborghini, always wanted a Lamborghini. He built it piece by piece in his basement. And I'm like, how's he going to get it out of his basement? Cut the side of the they foundation. Have the he cut the side of the foundation out and they tow the car hmm. out. It's ridiculous, you know, but there's like so many creative people in this world. And that's what's like always like, like fun for me, like talking to these people and meeting them. And, um, you know, just it's just it is like such a, a huge and, and great community, you know. But, um, yeah, hopefully like these shows will start again and we can kind of go see people again and meet new people. You think the leather convention got canceled in Cleveland? I hope I hope not, because that Remember was that really freak good. show. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got pictures of it. I mean, that oh, was I'll, unbelievable. I'll, I'll, we'll give a little context. So we're, in, we're in Cleveland, and I don't remember the name of the hotel that we that everyone was staying at, but Paul and I stayed in an Airbnb like a couple blocks away, and <laughs> so we were looking for a Starbucks. So we're sitting in the lobby of the hotel in Cleveland, and we're looking for a Starbucks, and I'm like, oh, look, there's one right across the street. It's in this other hotel. And <laughs> as we're walking to the hotel, we see all these guys dressed in like, Assless chaps and like leather yeah. necklaces and leather face masks like a gimp. <laughs> and I, I think we I went in to try it. to go to the Starbucks and we all turned yeah, around. Yeah, we turned around. Yeah. God, yeah. I mean, uh, I got the court. Maybe we'll put it on the hotel the staff the after that event. Uh, so funny. I can't, so funny. The, the I posted maybe. a picture of my daughter freaked out. <laughs> yeah. Dad, mm-hmm. you know what that guy is? Yep. Yeah. Oh it's my funny. god! Yeah, listen, so never funny. a dull moment. I I I saw that they uh, there's a new date for Maker Central for next year in May. I know they already rescheduled Fabtech and they're going back to Chicago next year. I mean, Fabtech is like for those who've never been there or ever even seen it, like the the size of the convention oh, that insane. is Fabtech insane. is I it's got to be like such a logistical like wonder it doesn't so even like, make sense like it doesn't even make sense and i was talking to somebody about it there's another show called world of concrete which is in vegas and a lot of people really like going to that show because it's it's where they sell a lot of big excavating machines oh that's so like quarry machines but if you think about those machines right all those machines are meant to move you know like a five a four hundred thousand pound excavator you know that's like massive still has yeah. wheels is meant to be driven from yeah. one point to another point. When you go to yeah. Fabtech, you've got a hundred thousand pound tube 
tube machine yeah. that they had to ship there from Italy, take off of a boat, bring into a convention center, put in a room, then power it. And then they run like a piece of steel through it for the show. Like mm. nothing about it makes sense. Or but if they yeah. sell one of these machines, I guess it makes it all worth or it. Or like a Python or a, a petting mm. hoss beam line, like, yep. like insane. So that is the best event to go to. Yeah. Like Remember the ring roller that we saw, Paul, that had the six inch thick went, steel on it? They were, they were rolling a six inch thick piece of steel into a four foot diameter circle. The machine had to be made out of 10 inch solid plate. It was insane. And I'm, I'm, t- I'm trying to talk to the guy to like ask him questions and they're all just blowing me off. Cause they know I'm not there to buy a machine. Mm. You know, like those companies send guys in like suits and ties to have like real corporate meetings. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, how, how long does it take to set a machine like this up in a space like this? They're like, Oh, I don't know. That's someone else's job, you know, but it's just, it's so crazy to see that. So it'll be really cool to go back to that again next year. If there was, it's, it's, well, what's that? Well, I was going to say, it's funny. So in Boston, um, one of the big shows they have in February is the boat show. Uh, and, you know, it's supposed to be, you know, bring the summer in the middle of the winter, blah, blah, blah. And you go there, same thing. It's just huge. And there's like boats like you wouldn't believe there, you know, you know, 50 footers, 60 footers. And I was with a guy that knew somebody that was selling big boats there. And I, I was talking to him and I'm saying, uh, you know, Jesus, like you guys all like same thing, like all this work to get these boats here. Like, is it even worth it? He goes, see all these boats. They're already all sold. Wow. He goes, so what do you think? I go, yeah, I guess so. But I always thought like, I go, who the hell goes to a boat show and buys a boat? And people do, you know, people buy that shit. And it, you you know, it's just like anything else. Like we always talk about if it wasn't worth it for these businesses, they wouldn't be doing X or Y or whatever. You know, it's 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 got to be worth it for them to do something. So, like, if they're bringing those big-ass machines from Italy, it's worth it because people buy them, you know. And if they wouldn't be buying them if they weren't there. But yeah. it is cool to go to those big shows and see that type of stuff. Yeah, know? a lot of the machines that we would walk by, these huge machines, would have, like, sold stickers on them. And they'd be, like, you know, $90,000, $150,000. dollars. Yeah, million-dollar yeah. machines. And, um, you know, even just thinking about like, like this, the, the size of the, you can't even call it a booth, the size of the space that Lincoln had last year, (laughs) Lincoln had a space that had to be probably 20,000 square feet. It was probably Um, the size of Paul's new shop. And that was just Lincoln's like, they had four or five welders. They had a couple of their automated machines. That space alone, that convention space alone, must have cost them two hundred fifty thousand yeah, dollars just to have the floor. Yeah, and they got to fill it. They had like thirty employees there, you know. Yeah. So they got to put it all. Displays, done. People in the industry, all the biggest, you know, companies are there looking at the new technology. Like, so they have to do that. Like, that's where they yeah. get to highlight all, you know, all their all their yeah. new stuff. But that was. That one, I wish I went for the entire time. Like, if there was yeah. any event to go to and like do it right, that would be the one. Plus, Chicago is cool. Like, I wanted to. I wish I could have stayed in Chicago for like a couple more days just to hang around yeah. and like you know explore the city. But that that was crazy, Derek. When they start that one up again, you got to come to that one because it's oh yeah, it's unreal. Like you know, last year and it, well, we didn't have enough time. You know, not, we had two days there. We didn't see everything. You're not going to see yeah. an X carve and you know. Some you know, a couple yeah, people passing yeah. around stickers. You know, yeah. this this yeah, like yeah. Un- unbelievable stuff. 
Don't the, the, other thing, the other thing is that that whole event is free. Uh, oh, that, yeah, it is. Yeah. That, and the way that it's free is that somebody is the main sponsor. And that last year was Amana who makes press breaks and other like metal forming tools. Yeah. So you can imagine, can you imagine what Amana paid to be the main sponsor of that event and have their name on all the tote bags and all the brochures and all the t-shirts and all that shit that they gave away? Like for that, right. It must cost them a fortune, yeah. you know, to be like official sponsor of that, you know, yeah. huge event. You've got, I think it was 40,000 attendees or 50,000 attendees come to that event. So next year we'll all stand six feet apart from each other. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll go. Let me It'll tell you great. something. Security, not that good for not very good. 50,000 people. I could, you know, you could have walked in there with anything you wanted to. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. it was, I'm like, God, this is kind of crazy. Like so many people in here with no, like nothing. I don't know. Yeah. Not even so much as a metal. Yeah. Wave anything. the little wand yeah. in between my legs, yeah. you know, at least something, make sure I don't have a, a 10 yeah. guns in my pants. Right. It's Illinois. You can have as many guns as you want. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know. Yeah, no, I, I hope we get to go back to uh, some events next year. I, I got to say, though, it was kind of nice getting through the uh, fall of this year without having to do any traveling. I was just talking to Angela about that. I'm like, oh, man, I'm glad I didn't have to, like, get up and go anywhere this year. Yeah. It's always hard. Mm-hmm. But, what do you guys have coming up next? Derek, what are you doing next? Me, um, I don't know. I don't Finishing know the mirror, that's it. That'll be the rest yeah, of the month. Yeah, that's it. I'm done. I, I'm closing up shop. No, um, I don't know. I got a bunch of things. People have reached out to me for Christmas, and I really need to get going on it. Um, so I'm going to be doing a lot of just like signs that, um, like sports logos. I got a bunch of stuff. A guy actually, I'm, I'm texting him with him right now. His, uh, aunt opened up a store she wants like a couple tables made and a sign for the store so she just got bumped to the front of the list but um you know but we'll see you know i mean just basically christmas presents that's that's what i'm my main focus is going to be because i know christmas will be here before we know it i hate to say it but that's the way it works so already here you like gotta get gotta get going i've been thinking about that yeah yeah, so yeah, yeah, so probably just some signs, so logos. That's what I'll probably be working on. How about you? My next project, I well, I have to finish my. I was gonna say, what's the video coming out for the the um the ramp? Yeah, the ramp video I finished today. Ah. It is a hundred percent thumbnails done. It's in. It's a Lincoln video, so they have it for oh, review. Yeah. Um, so they, uh, I mean, it's there's nothing that they wouldn't approve in it. So I'm sure it'll get good. And then the plan is to release it Wednesday or Thursday. Um, How many views did Anthony get on his? Um, he had two videos and I think they got like 400,000 views to combine uh, or something like good. that. They didn't do like, you know, I mean, I all his videos got like got a million a, views. Yeah, all his videos get like a consistent kind of amount of views. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think I'm, I'm hoping and I'm going to be like pushing it around on my Instagram and like looking for people to kind of help me spread it. That's a I want it to video be, right there. I mean, I want it to like go far, you know, like it was such a big project and it's such a unique build. Um, so hopefully it does well and it'll come out this week. It, it was, I cut out so much footage though, because it was just like, we set it up three times. When you watch the video, you're only going to see it set up once when it's done. 
you know, but those two other times were really important for figuring out how it was going to work, but they just don't play well in a video. You know, it's already 38 minutes long in the video. Oh my God. Wow. Oh, and that's like cut. It, it's 45 hours of footage. Documentary. Yeah, exactly. But I've had other videos that are that long, you know, go to 700, you know, 600, 700,000 views. So I'm not worried about the length of it, you know, but uh, yeah, that's, that's coming up soon, but I have to finish my gate and then uh, Macklin and I have to finish our surfboard. That's, that's our next project. Oh, yeah. I'm going to focus on the uh, two by four surfboard that Mac and I were working on. Cause I really want to get better using the CNC. So that'll be the next build. Yeah. What's your next one, Paul? Um, I have to do you remember those stainless railings, all those stanchions I made like months and months ago, we're going to be starting that soon, actually putting the railings in because half of them were going on that raised patio that I did the structural steel for half of them are up on the second floor, um, like deck balcony, um, thing. And then, the other half, or not those three halves, the other section of them are on um, all along the water. There's like 200 feet of stainless rail that I have to do, but it's not going to be too wow. bad because of the design. It's all cable rail, um, but that's a big job I gotta I gotta do soon. I want to actually get um, another smaller like mitering bandsaw that miters like in both directions, um, and just keep that for stainless and maybe like aluminum and have rollers on it that are coated. Like, you know, they have those polyurethane coated rollers, so nothing gets scratched. Like, I want to have a system down for everything I do so it's as efficient as possible. Um, So The only thing about mitering bandsaws that miter in both directions is a lot of times you have to move the vise in order to miter in the opposite. So maybe get a cold saw. Well, no. Maybe just buy a cold cold saw. saw, I don't know if it cuts the stainless, like the blade. It doesn't cut stainless that well. Stainless is so hard. Like I'm, my plan is to have a good cold saw for everything, but I want to keep this totally separate. So it's not contaminated by the regular steel and it's not all dirty. So aluminum and stainless could be separate and then have a cold saw for all the other steel, um, you know, misc stuff that I, I have to do and then have a big bandsaw on the other side of the shop for the structural stuff. So mm-hmm. I want to have a little bandsaw, uh, um, a cold saw and then a big bandsaw. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, that was why I bought that jet bandsaw because it miters in both directions. But and it's actually it's been pretty good. I've been using it more. Um, but in order to get it to miter the other way, you do have to like un you have to unscrew the vise. It's only two bolts. Yeah. But if you're really for like, you know, like real real speed, um, it's it's a little tricky. I I looked for so long to find a freaking bandsaw that would miter in both directions you don't even know because you know how much i want i think that's um i think it might be like five or six grand or seven grand um is this the one i don't know if this is the one we saw some nice bandsaws. oh yeah when we were at oh yeah this one doesn't miter in both doesn't miter in both directions i think it does actually it's hard to see yeah it's hard to find a bandsaw that miters in both directions but it's so important to be able to miter both ways yeah, especially when you're trying to do angle. That's the biggest thing. That's why you need a yep. cold saw. That It's going to matter more on the cold saw because that's where you're going to be doing a lot of like angle and stuff. And it's, you know, if you've ever tried a miter angle, it works great one way and then it doesn't the other way unless you have that dual mitering um, head on the saw. But yeah. we'll see. I got a bunch of stuff to do. I got to get a truck soon. I've been putting that off for a while. 
I got to figure out what the best route to take is with that. I got to set up a really nice truck. I got to get more welders. Got to get a crane in here. There's a lot of stuff I got to do. You got a million dollars to spend. Yeah, well, no, not that much, but about a lot. But the, the jobs yeah. I have coming in need that stuff, and they're going to be able to pick yeah. that stuff. Like the stainless That's job, the I could get a you know Miller Dynasty and a bandsaw, and I'd be fine, like more than covered mm-hmm. with the job. But I need those things. Yep. But we'll Absolutely. see. Exciting. My wife just texted me. She's food shopping, and they don't have any Stokes cold. Uh-oh. I'm getting everybody who's drinking it. Please stop. At least the green, because I'm sick of dude. It's unbelievable. Like there's a shortage of it. Oh, why don't you get it like and delivered? Can you order on like oh, Amazon fine. Food? Oh, they're doing all oh, the What's crazy is like everybody messages me. They're like, "Hey, are you still able to get Stokes? It's sold out here." And at first, I thought it was like a joke, but it's so hard to find. That's why last time I bought, it, I bought a case of it. Oh my god, so like, funny! Screw that. I'm not going without. You should start. A, you should start a, a beverage business, a fake beverage business, and ship in yeah. shipments of it. Samantha bought me two bottles of it. So when I was in Atlanta, I had some. So I had like half a cup left Sunday. I like I was like saving it all day. And we're driving to the airport. Christina is like, "I'm so tired. I didn't have any caffeine today." I'm like, "Do you want a sip of mine?" Ah. And she'd say no, and she didn't want any. But uh. I get home last night and I made a cup of coffee and somebody sent me a message. They're like, y'all haven't won that now? It was like 1030 at night. I'm like, oh, yeah, right before I go to bed, I could kill. Well, mm-hmm. I'll fall asleep still. But I'm like, shit, man, it's sold out everywhere. I don't drink any coffee, no caffeine. No caffeine? Nothing. Mind, dude. I, I don't, don't drink soda. Chris really lives on coffee. That's why he's able to do so much. He runs around all, you know, nuts on caffeine all day long. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't drink anything. He probably spends more at Starbucks than he does. Yeah, on I love Starbucks too. Yeah, oh, I, I spend a lot of money on Starbucks. It's What's actually, that? I spend a lot of money on Starbucks. You do. I can imagine you do. Yeah. So. Luckily, on uh, the days that I go to New Jersey, I can write my Starbucks off as an expense. <clears throat> then I go real crazy. But the other days, uh, it comes right out of my pocket. When I worked in the city, I would spend forty dollars a week at Starbucks. That's why I do the Stokes. That's I don't do Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks. I do that. It's like three fifty a bottle. I get maybe three or four coffees out of it. You know, whatever. How you big know? is a bottle that you get? I see it on Amazon. I, you know, they have it on Amazon. Like a quart or something. I don't know. Do they yeah, have it at Amazon? They have it on Amazon. They have it on Amazon. Uh, four forty two for a forty eight ounce bottle. That's what I'm gonna buy you right. for Christmas. Yeah, I'm just gonna have a shipment of Stokes delivered to your house. That's Good. it. Dude, I'm going to look at it right now on Amazon. You got 13 ounce cases of it you can order. 46 right, we're getting, we're getting long here, guys. All right. Long, I think long. that's it. We're talking about watching? ice coffee. What do you guys yeah, been watching? Yeah. I, got, I got what I've been watching. I'll tell you what I've been watching. What you been um, watching? I have this, like, not so, I guess it's kind of a secret, but I've, I've posted. I posted some of these videos on my Instagram before, but I love learning about uh, like wartime production, like World War II, like manufacturing and World War II, um, the way that the the manufacturing industry changed to like suit that. And lately I've been watching uh, Real Engineering. Uh, he has a bunch of videos on tanks and the design and the manufacturing of tanks to respond directly to what was going on in Europe. 
So like, you know, they're, they're responding, you know, talking about World War II, responding directly to how like they would have to design tanks based on what soldiers in the field in Europe were telling them they needed and then design them, build them, and then mass produce them and ship them to Europe and how they were able to build. Like they were putting out a tank every 30 minutes oh my God. at factories during World War II. Wow. And this is like, this isn't like, you know, building a Model T where you have to just drive. You know, this is like a vehicle that needs to be designed to to save people's lives and keep people from getting like burned alive and blown up. It's, I think it's super interesting. So I've been watching these, this video about the, uh, the M4 Sherman tank and how it was built and modified. Really, really interesting stuff. Wow. Wow. I'll have to watch that. Mine, mine's not nearly as cool as that, but I've been watching this guy. I downloaded a ton of movies and videos and I just ended up watching videos on the plane but this guy, it's, I don't know how you pronounce it. He's like Russian. It's Advoko, A-D-V-O-K-O, makes. And this guy, he's like in Russia, and it's, it's like bushcraft projects. Wow. And he's just so cool. Like, he has, like, broken English, and so, like, a little stuff gets, like, a little screwy with the translation when he speaks. But I love that because it's just like, but this guy, he makes these things, and, did like, the videos are very well done. And he literally packs into the woods and he, he got inspired because he had seen all these trees from a storm blown down. So he says, I can't let these things rot. I'm going to make a cabin. So he makes a cabin and he does it all by himself. And he ends up bringing a generator in so he can power up his drone, his cell phone, stuff like that. But this guy makes everything and like he's making i'm at the point now he's making like a water wheel so he can like grind like um you know whatever he does and it just it's it's unbelievable it's like like i'm so goddamn lazy i i would probably just let myself freeze to death and die like i just i i i like making shit but i just i could never make myself a log cabin i'd just be too lazy but it's like it's just amazing. Like he he's he makes like a little swimming hole for himself, and then the stairs rot away. So then he starts carving the granite. So he got granite steps going into the thing, right? And it's just it's just like it's just really cool because they're like little simple projects he does. He made like a heater for a tent, and then he makes these other things. Like he made a different type, and then he compares the two, and it's like who the hell does that? Like he just this guy just has a lot of time on his hands in the woods and. Um, but it just they're just really well done videos and they're really cool. I just find them really interesting. You know, he um he just makes a lot of weird shit, makes a little a lot of tools, he'll like forge axes and stuff, and then he uses them to make things. So it's um uh, it's cool. So that's that's my guy. Very interesting. I'm looking at his uh his channel a little bit now. He's a lawyer. Is that what he is? He's yeah, yeah he's, you can tell he's well educated. Yeah. Wow. Like very- he like like he goes in there and you, he has like really like he'll he'll backpack in there and you can tell you it's very expensive like like um winter clothes on like he's not like roughing it and mm-hmm. so he's like very well put together you can tell he's got some um you know he's got some some dough but like you he's he's not doing like a big girls he's like legit you know making this stuff you know he makes mm-hmm. a tent heater it's like heats it up like to 70 degrees it's like in the middle of the winter it's unbelievable wow yeah it's just cool stuff he does you know very cool. Uh, Paul, what have you been yeah. watching? You've been watching somebody make pasta or pasta queen, the cannoli king. I've been watching this guy. Um, I think he lives on the desert. Skull and Spade. You've heard of Skull and Spade? 
Oh, I love oh, Skull yeah. Talks to the Skulls. You know that guy, right? Yeah. yeah. He's in a little black box. He's out in the dead. You know that guy. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. The black um, box always survives. Uh, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching. <laughs> I was watching for real this 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 YouTube channel. <laughs> There's this guy. You know, like Travis Pastrana. Yeah, I guess this guy was um, like Travis Pastrana's like 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 competitor. Like these guys went head to head doing like their freestyle motocross. And this guy's got a family, and all his kids do like some type of motorsports. Like his daughter's like a NASCAR driver. They're all like young. It's Deegan, right? Deegan, yeah, yeah. Brian Deegan, yeah, yeah. And yeah. His two sons are like motocross like riders, and they're unbelievable. Like he's got this crazy compound in um, which call it. And like Temecula, um, and he's got like a motocross track in his yard. Like, like they just do crazy stuff. Like the, the things he has his kids do are like insane. Like the kid's like ten years old. He's jumping fifty feet in the air, like on a dirt bike, like going like fifty miles an hour. It's crazy. But I've just yeah, Danger Boy. Yeah, yeah, I've I, seen I, him. Because oh, have you seen him on TikTok? That's why I I've seen him on Instagram. On Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's crazy. But they're all good. Like that kid, Danger Boy, whatever his name. What's his name? Um, I forget his real name. Like he's a legit like motocross rider, like really good. And the daughter's mm-hmm. good too. I think she's like a like I guess there's like different ranks of NASCAR, and she's like working her way up in the rank different different like NASCAR series. Um, and she's good like, it's big money in this, but big risk. Yeah, yeah. Especially the motocross stuff is like insane. I'm like looking. I'm like, are they wearing any type of like neck brace? Or it's like they, I think they wear something under the shirt, but it's not much. Like for the no. stuff they're doing, they're they're going they're so high in the air. Like, I don't know. You oh, just yeah. re- you said Travis. Do you guys know who Travis Roy was? No. You ever hear of him? Travis no. Roy was he? A- yeah, he passed I know that away. name. I've heard that you might name. Have heard of him when you were in Boston. It, not to be a downer. I it, it, when you said his name, it just reminded me. He actually just passed away, and um, it he was a he played for Boston University hockey. Unbelievable hockey player. He got paralyzed 45 seconds into his first game playing for, yeah. And so it was like this huge story at the time. It was probably, he just died last week. And um, it was sad. They were having, they had this big thing on TV about him a couple weeks ago because it was like the anniversary of him getting paralyzed. And this kid, he started the Travis Roy Foundation. And, um, you know, you talk about taking lemons and making lemonade. This kid went on to raise millions of dollars for people with spinal cord injuries. And um, he was actually having a treatment done. I don't know what it was really for, but he died during surgery. Oh, God. How old and, was he? Yeah, like 45. Uh, he, yeah, he, he I, I think he's probably about four. I'd have to guess. He, he, it happened 20 years ago. So, yeah, like he's in his 40s. But, um, but yeah, it was like. It was we're like, not, we're yeah. not making that your pick of the week. No, 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 no. But it just. No, but it just it just reminded me about yeah. it when you said it. But it was just like I missed it because I was away and everything, and I found out about it. And I was like, when you had said that, I was curious if you guys have ever heard of the kid. But like he did so many things for people with spinal cord injuries, and uh, it was just a, like a horrible story. But he was like such a huge like hero in Boston, like on the sports team, because he just turned it around and he did like he was like like motivational speaker and everything, and it was like. It, like most of the happy-go-lucky person you'd ever see, you know, he's just very well known in Boston. Now that's the motivational speaker I'd listen to. Oh Not yeah, Gary absolutely. V. Screaming about 
tag sales. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about buying baseball yeah, cards yeah. or basketball yeah. cards. Double money on Matchbox. Gary Vee can get yeah. lost. Just, just sell, sell a million of them. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So crazy. I was just telling somebody about that this weekend. So. I love seeing Gary Vee pop up. Oh God. Next swipe. There's another yeah, guy too yeah. that's like a southern. He's got like a southern accent, and he's like telling people like giving like stupid advice. It was like crazy. I forget what he was saying. Something crazy though. It's so funny. He, he was a TikTok guy, I think. I Somebody know. just posted something. My a buddy of mine just posted how like the internet is so funny. Someone made a meme. It's it's not even really like I don't know if it was really a meme, but it's a it's two pictures of Kanye West. One is him in 1990, and one is him now. And it's supposed to be one of those like inspirational posts and it says how in 1990 kanye west was 50 million dollars in debt mm. and now in 2020 he owns a billion plus dollars worth of like worth and assets but it's just not true right like kanye west in 1990 was like in high school like he didn't oh, have i any, love seeing those have, yeah but it's like but people are going to look at it and repost it yeah. and talk about how you know like oh this is so inspiring like look he turned himself around it's like but it just didn't happen these yeah, aren't this isn't exactly not what happened Fake news. Yeah, let me tell you something though. The memes this week have been on fire. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. But the meme, there's been some high quality memes this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people get a lot of free time. Oh well, that about does it for this episode, episode 19. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for coming along. We will be back next week with more. Follow us on Instagram at Paul Pinto Jr. at Derek from Alden at Make Everything Shop at Handmade Podcast. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save